rich traditions, real applications. This is Discover the Truth with Garrett Metal Detectors. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Discover the Truth, a podcast from Garrett Metal Detectors. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today, we're thrilled to welcome Gary Penta on the show. Gary, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Now, Gary, I know that you are a retired veteran. So how did you come to take up metal detecting as a hobby? Let's start off there. Oh, that's a good question. Well, I retired from the Air Force. I think it was 2004, but we, uh, my wife is also was active duty Air Force. And we were married at times, so my wife got orders to go to Japan. So I went to Japan as a retiree. But when I came back, I wanted a hobby. And uh, I just kept looking around. And like most guys, I just happened to catch... KG and Ringy on uh, digging, digging with KG and Ringy on TV one day. And I just was like, who are these guys? And so uh, I bought a metal detector living in Texas and did it for about a year or so. And then we moved, we moved uh, to Florida. And little did I know that all these years later, you know, they're actually pretty good friends of mine. Now, I see that you are a member of the Ring Finders Club. So can you describe what that is and what it is that you guys do? Sure. Well, Ring Finders is, uh, is, is a pretty interesting organization. It's started by Chris Turner. He lives in, he's in Canada. And uh, he now he's got basically reaches all over the, pretty sure it's all over the world. But basically what it is, it's a, it's guys you sign up for it and you get these, these locations and your professional ring finders, you know, and that actually does exist. And not just rings, you know, we look for everything for, for uh, property markers and, irrigation boxes, but most of the times it's rings. Uh, individual will contact us through the website and we'll go to the location and do our best. I'm actually a scuba diver, so I do underwater, underwater ring recovers. We've done a few of them. They're on my website, I actually have videos. And also cell phones too, iPhones. I've recovered several different iPhones and I'm actually waiting on a young lady right now who is riding the Manta roller coaster at uh, Universal Studios. And as it was going down, she dropped her phone and it went into that to the holding pond below. So she's actually negotiating with Universal Studios, trying to get me per, uh, permission for me to go and actually recover her cell phone uh, below that ride. So we're waiting to find out if they're going to say okay or not. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, I understand you also do a lot of scuba diving and underwater exploration and that sort of thing. Right. Can you talk about that and what kinds of things you search for and find underwater? Yeah, I'm actually a treasure salvage diver for Search and Salvage LLC. They're based out of Sebastian, Florida, and uh, it's run by an up, a stand-up guy, Bill Black. He has a whole fleet of boats, and basically what we do is we get coordinates from where, you know, it has to do with the 1715 fleet, where this Spanish ships washed ashore on the treasure coast on the east coast of Florida, and 11, 12 ships, give or take, uh, broke up and millions upon millions of, of of gold coins, silver coins, basically emptied into into the, uh, the shore off of Florida. So, you know, here it is hundreds of years later and we're still looking for this stuff. So basically, uh, we get these coordinates. We go out to these locations and uh, it's a, there's a lot of technical issues involved, but basically we go down into these holes that we create and we use our metal underwater metal detectors and we attempt to find these coins. Now I've, I've, it's only my, I just finished my second year. I haven't found any coins yet. 
but I've found what we call EOs, encrusted objects, and uh, they are basically just big rusted balls of, of metal, and they get sent to the state, and the state decides whether they're going to attempt to uh, find out what's inside of it, they x-ray it, and if it's something significant, then um, it's great. Either way, it belongs to the state, so we usually don't see it again. But I found pottery, olive jars, pieces of, of shards of olive jars from 1715. And so uh, hopefully this coming year, we'll get a chance and I'll, I'll finally find my first coin. But I also wanted to add one more thing, too. That's my East Coast treasure diving. I also have West Coast treasure diving, which is a different kind, but it's, it's pretty interesting. And it is fossil and megalodon tooth hunting. So we do that also. We actually go out to Venice, Florida, which is a shark tooth capital of the world, they call it. And we go on a, a charter, Aristocat scuba diving charters run by a guy out there, Jamie Boswick. And what we do is we, we go on these boats and we dive and it sounds crazy, but we actually can find 10 million year old megalodon teeth just sitting on the, on the ocean floor. Very cool stuff. Now, I also understand that you have a unique hobby of, of creating extremely accurate miniature models and, and complete dioramas. So do you have some examples that you can show us here today on the show? And do you have a website where we can see some of your work as well? I do. Um, I picked this up kind of like out of the blue. It, best way to explain it is we, we, uh, I have no formal art training whatsoever. High school, I think way back in high school. And unfortunately, when we were in Texas, we found out that our oldest son was killed in Afghanistan. And, um, you know, I guess I was just, had just started metal detecting, but I was desperately, desperately looking for another outlet, something to, you know, just draw, lose myself in, you know, as, as a form of therapy. So I did, I just started making, I started with miniature metal detectors, kept practicing and building them and they came out pretty good. I do have a website. It's uh, mydetecting.com. And there's all kinds of examples of uh, the things that I build. And also on my Facebook page, you search Gary Penta. But I do have some, I do have some examples that are pretty cool. This first one here is um, this is kind of a little, little bit of a little bit of a scene, a scene where it shows a windmill and a bunch of guys, and they're they're metal detecting. There's a lake on the property, the windmill. So I actually do this. This is actually going to be um, a prize for uh, an event coming up, Florida Hunt 8, which is, uh, it's in Melrose, Florida. It's uh, an event uh, to help soldiers who are, and airmen who are recovering from PTSD. And uh, there's a retreat in Melrose called Soldiers Freedom Outdoors. And so the event we're going to have about 300 people and it's going to uh, uh, help raise funds for that organization. So this is actually one of the prizes that, that is going to go on a prize table. I also have another one that's going to Florida Hunt 8, and this is a, this is a great example of, of a diorama inside something that represents the state of Florida. It's actually an, an alligator, and if you look close, you can see there's guys metal detecting inside the alligator's mouth. I have one more real quick. I got a, this is a beach scene, and you can see um, there's actually people on the beach. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great hobby. It's, um, you know, I do it all the time, and I build... Anything I can get my hands on, I usually try to build a diorama inside of it. That is really incredible stuff. So what what first got you into this sort of artwork? Well, like I said, you know, it was a rough stretch, you know, a, a few years back. And 
was around Christmas time, and it started with, I have a little sister, my, or she's not little anymore, but she's a couple years younger than me, but I wanted to do something special for Christmas. So I I got a kit, a diorama kit, and I just built it and sent it to her. But I, I added a lot of personal touches to it, for example. And it showed like a living room. It was a diorama of a living room. It was in a glass case. But what I did is I remember all the toys my sister had as a little girl, different dolls and different games. And so what I did is I I found images of the boxes of these dolls and these games. For example, like like Twister. So I found the, the image of a box of Twister and I made it into a very small little box and I hid it throughout the diorama. And some of the some of the boxes you couldn't see unless you looked in a certain spot, you know, and you would see it under the couch or behind behind a chair. And so it took her like like two or three weeks to find each item that was hidden. And uh, she encouraged me. She says, you got to keep doing this. this is this is, um, you know, you got a talent for it. So I did. I just kept, uh, kept building. And um, I, uh, I don't sell any of my art. I give away about 95% of it to, um, to friends and to charity and to fundraisers. And that's um, kind of a legacy that I've created for myself is I've given out hundreds, hundreds of, of miniature metal detectors and dioramas and pieces of art. If you ask, yeah, I think Steve Moore's got several, several of, uh, several of my my pieces too as a matter of fact i just made a bi- diorama of a bookcase for him so if you get a chance to ask him about it, ask him steve more about his bookcase so if we could pivot back over to metal detecting are, do you, are there any bucket list items that you haven't found or the things that you're still searching for well that's a good that's a really good question it's funny is going back to metal detecting always been is a is a passion for me you know i did it today and I found just in a local park, and I found a compass. Matter of fact, I put it on a Facebook page. It's like a, a compass that you'd put on the dash of your car. It's from ni- 1950s, 1960s. But when I dug it up, I saw that it still had fluid. It was like a, a dome compass. It still had fluid inside of it. And I picked it up, and I wiped the dirt off and cleaned. This thing had been sitting in the ground for probably 50, 60 years, and it still worked. It actually could still find north. And I just find that fascinating, you know, finding, you know, things such as that, that people owned, knowing that the last person touched it is probably long, long gone, long dead. And it's it's an exciting hobby. But the artwork that I picked up and that I do has opened up so many doors for me. Like I said, I don't sell my art, but I do give it away. And I've been contacted by people saying, hey, why don't you come? Matter of fact, uh, the treasure diving. I was contacted by one of the boat owners say, hey, I want you to come dive for me. And uh, I use those experiences in my art. For example, in this case, I actually built a small replica of his boat, an exact replica of his boat with divers underneath it. And I gave it to him. And so same thing with the, uh, the Meg Tooth diving. It's opened doors for me, which allowed me to meet people, which in turn allows me to, to do these uh, amazing adventures, a lot of bucket list adventures. And so I've found things that I never would have found had it not been for my art, such as the Meg Teeth, which finding a Meg Tooth was a bucket list for me. Going treasure treasure diving on 17, 15 Fleet was a bucket list for me. And so um, there are things that I still want to find to answer your question. One of them is uh, is either uh, a gold Escudo or a silver Real. And hopefully, um, you know, that. other than that, I, I'm, I'm fulfilled. I've, I've lived... 
uh, some great experiences and I found some amazing things. And Gary, we'll wrap it up here today. Uh, what advice do you have for people who are looking to get into metal detecting? Do you have any advice that you can share with people? I do. I do. A couple of key ones. You know, find a machine that, that fits, you know, all the different parameters for you. You know, whether what, what are you looking for? What do you want to find? Do you want to go in the water? Do you want to go on land? You got to find one that's that's got room to grow, that's within your budget. And a lot of times you're going to you're going to find uh, get recommendations from people. So the best thing advice I can give for someone is find a hunting buddy or hunting buddies or better yet, find a club, join a club, get yourself a machine, learn your machine. You've got to know what this machine sounds like. You got to do testing. So learn the machine. And if, if, if there's one p- key piece of advice I would so, tell people is and I see it all the time on the beaches. It's funny. But when you swing your detector, keep your coil level to the ground. A lot of people get get an upswing, and you know it's detrimental to to finding a target when you got an upswing. When your your swing to left or right is taking you you know a good foot off the ground, keep your coil level to the ground. Keep it perpendicular, low and slow, as I say. But uh, there's a lot of advice out there, and you're gonna learn a lot from other people. So join a club or find a hunting buddy. Excellent stuff. Thank you so much, Gary, for joining us here today. And everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of the show. Make sure to stay up to date with the latest by going and subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or on the Garrett Metal Detectors website as well. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon talking to more interesting people about incredible metal detecting stories very, very shortly. But until then, for my guest today, Gary Penta, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.